0: Uh, we have seen until now that uh, when the Lord Jesus commanded the church to walk the narrow road, He essentially intended that the church live our Christian lifestyle by faith, to live a life of faith, a faithful life to the Lord, and also obedience, to be quite obedient to the Lord, And in Romans chapter 1, verse 17, on living a faithful life, this is what the Lord says. He says, For in the gospel, the righteousness of God is revealed. The righteousness that is faith is by faith from first to last. Just as it is written, the righteous will live by faith. So the Lord demands that the church walk by faith and that is the most important message that he was giving when he said, Please follow the narrow way because on that road you would be trained to live by faith. And also Second Corinthians chapter five verse seven. 2 Corinthians beloved chapter five verse seven and Hebrews chapter ten verse thirty eight. And then uh, also, most importantly, what came up this night in the last segment is that the Lord was saying that when he asked the church, when he instructed the church to walk the narrow way, the narrow road, he essentially implied that the salvation he has prepared for mankind, for those who want to enter heaven, it would involve enduring many trials and as you endure the many trials he wanted us to exude, to live through them. He wanted the church to endure those trials in a Christ like kind of patience or manner, to get the patience of the Lord and endure mm-hmm. them so that at the end of it you process the church would be processed. And the book of James chapter one verses two to three. Also speak quite a bit on that. James chapter one, two to three says, Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. So that is a very powerful statement that uh, was designed to encourage the church as she walks the narrow path. And again, the Lord intended that he may sharpen perseverance. And he says, let perseverance finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. So all this was meant to mature the church, beloved people. First Peter chapter 1, verse 6 is also there in that same conversation, beloved. And uh, what else did the Lord intend if we are to go deeper and further when he instructed the church to follow the narrow road? The Christian believer, the present-day Christian believer, the one I'm talking to, to pursue life through the narrow road. The Lord intended, of course, as we see separation, but also, even importantly, that the Christians would walk the road that Noah walked. Noah walked a narrow road. The Bible says, as it was in the book of Matthew 24, when you start from 36 on 42, you says as it was during the time of Noah. So shall it be at the coming of the Messiah? Let us see what happened at the time of Noah. Genesis chapter 7, verses 1 to 5. Genesis chapter 7, 1 to 5. During the days of Noah, he said, The Lord said to Noah, Go into the ark, you and your whole family, because I have found you righteous in this generation. Take with you seven pairs of every kind of clean animal, a male and female, and one pair of every kind of unclean animal, a male and his mate, And also seven pairs of every kind of bird, male and female, to keep their various kinds alive throughout the earth. He goes and says, seven days from now, I will send rain on the earth for 40 days and 40 nights And I'll wipe from the face of the earth every living creature I have met. And Noah did all that the Lord commanded him. So this is very powerful. The Lord was instructing the church to walk like Noah did, to walk the walk Noah did, to walk the road Noah walked. And you see here very clearly that uh, Noah must have suffered a lot of ridicule and mockery. First of all, it's amazing that the Lord destroyed the entire earth at the end of it and left Noah alone. So Noah must have been really, really alone on the face of the earth. But verse 4 speaks it all. He says, Seven days from now, I will send rain on the earth for 40 days and 40 nights. So Noah enters the earth. And as he enters the earth, it does not rain for one week. So you can imagine the ridicule and the mockery on that narrow road that Noah was in. You imagine for yourself. The stench of the animals, the smell, the bad smell of the animals. You can imagine how many people were full outside, surrounding the boat sometimes, and uh, shouting, calling his name, asking, are you crazy? What is wrong with you? Do you want to kill your family for the seven days before the rain? That is a tight, narrow road where Noah alone was different from the rest. And 7, verse 16, he says, The animals going in were male and female of every living thing, as God had commanded Noah. Then the Lord shut the door. The Lord shut him in. But the same thing happened in Matthew 25 at the coming of the Messiah. Matthew 25. Verses 10 to 11, beloved people. Matthew 25, 10 and 11. And it says, But while they were on their way to buy the oil, the bridegroom arrived. The virgins who were ready went in with him to the wedding banquet, and the door was shut. Verse 11, later the others also came, Lord, Lord, they said, open the door for us. But he replied, truly I tell you, I do not know you. Then down there he says, stay watch. What comes out very clearly here is that the door was shut. Lord, Lord, they said open the door for us. You say, but he replied, "Truly, I tell you the truth, I do not know you." So it's very important that the Lord was separating the heavenly church from the other church when He said, "Please walk the narrow way, that you may not suffer this defeat." Second Peter chapter two one to nine, and then Genesis nineteen, Genesis nineteen verse twenty six. Walking the road that Noah and Lot walked—that is what the Lord implied. Where only Lot was saved, together with his two daughters. Again, Genesis chapter nineteen, beloved people, verse twenty-six, and he says the following. We can start on verse twenty-three. By the time Lot reached Zoar, the sun had risen over the land. Then the Lord rained down burning sulfur on Sodom and Gomorrah from the Lord out of the heavens. Thus he overthrew those cities and the entire plain, destroying all those living in the cities. And also the vegetation in the land. Verse 26 is important. But Lot's wife looked back and she became a pillar of salt. So this is amazing because God's salvation is strictly on God's terms, Because when he asked Lot with his family to walk the narrow road out, and he said, don't look back. And then the wife looked back. And she remained a bit of salt. Beloved people, he intended when he said the narrow way to the church, that the church walked the narrow road nor walked. It must be a very difficult way sometimes. But now you have the Holy Spirit to help you. It cannot be difficult. But in the eyes of the world, the carnal eyes of the world, sounds and it looks and that appears quite a difficult walk. Why? Because Noah stood alone against the whole earth. So did Lord stand alone against the entire community and society of Sodom and Gomorrah. So in other words the Lord Jesus was telling us that there are two paths to eternity. In summarizing this session today, the study we had today other people, the teaching The Lord Jesus was saying that actually there are two ways that lead to eternities, two eternities. He talked about the road, road that is to hell, that is wide, it is obvious, easy to see, it is popular in the eyes of this life. Many people are choosing it. Life appears to be easier there. There is so much pleasure in that road. They have joy, which I said, and pleasure, which is temporary. They respond so much to peer pressure. Why? Because you find multitudes walking there. Walking there may look smoother. They look wiser when they are walking there. It looks easier. It looks faster when you're walking there. And on that journey, they reject Jesus, essentially. That's what we have seen. They essentially reject Jesus. They respond to the last of sin. But if you check very carefully, their hearts are mostly empty. They are only seeking temporary pleasure in this life. Then, of course, at the end, they miss out on the abundant life I read, which is the book of John chapter 10, he comes to give life and in its fullest. While the narrow path, what we have seen, is that the narrow path appears to be difficult. It's not even easy to find it. It is concealed, as we saw in the prophecy of the parables, Psalm 78, 1 and 2. By prophecy, it was intended that the Messiah would conceal it. It appears difficult, Difficult to find. When you get there, it's lonely, probably not very clear visibility, also, so you can find it. Few people find it, and few indeed walk there. In there, it requires walking by faith. First of all, it really takes faith for you to find it and get on it. But when you walk in there, you have to walk by faith, not by what you see, feeling. And not many people are really interested in pursuing it, as you can see in the church today globally. They are not interested in investigating it out, to check it out. Because if they did, they would find it for those that are sick. And for those who give it a slight consideration, as you can see in the church landscape right now, they easily step away. Sometimes they say it's difficult walk. Following Jesus is very burdensome to them. They want to follow Jesus, another Jesus, in their own way. But following this true Messiah that commanded the narrow path, they say it's a big burden. They say it's legalistic. They say it's mundane. It's difficult for them. And they say that the burden that weighs down on them so much, what they dread, what they fear, is that on this highway there is a great demand for strict obedience to the Lord. That is the burden they feel they cannot bear. That's why the other church is doing what they're doing in Nigeria In Ghana, in South Africa, the scandals you hear in uh, the USA, in uh, Finland, the scandals, you know, the church doing its own thing. In Germany, homosexuals are preaching their husbands for a man. He is preaching, but the husband is waiting for him outside in a BMW to pick him. Mm. So that's why they are doing that thing globally, even in Kenya Nairobi here. So those that choose the narrow path are always and often the deep seekers of God. People who decide that they want to seek the truth. People who feel that there is a higher meaning to life than what they see. People who feel that there is a purpose to their life. John chapter 3 verse 21. John chapter 3 There 21. They are people that set out to go look for God. And in the process, they are facilitated. We're reminded here of Jeremiah twenty-nine thirteen, John chapter 3, verse 21. And he says, verse 20, everyone who does evil hates the light. Again, everyone who does evil hates the light and will not come into the light for fear that their deeds will be exposed. So there you go now. Part of the reason they cannot walk this other way. And will not come into the light for fear that their deeds will be exposed. 21. But whoever lives by the truth comes into the light so that it may be seen plainly that what they have done has been done in the sight of the Lord their God. How awesome. So the other life is beclouded with sin on the broad way. No wonder the gospel of prosperity is full there. They love it. While those that walk the narrow way mostly are few. They are the remnant of the Lord. We've talked about Noah's walk. We've seen Genesis 7 and 22-23 talks about how the Lord is capable of wiping the entire earth out, meaning Noah stood alone. And when the Lord destroyed everything, the same God that put breath on man, it's amazing, on all creation, essentially took away breath. Sometimes those who try the narrow path often again reject it. They again at one point rejected. So really, no wonder the apostles, the disciples attempted to throw in the towel because so they thought it was a heavy burden. It was burden some to follow the Lord. They said enough was enough. They thought no one would buy into that gospel, difficult gospel, where, you know, he was teaching the narrow road. He was teaching the crucifixion of the flesh. Those are not things that the present-day church loves to hear, to down-dress them, downgrade them. So the book of Acts, chapter 19, verse 26, he says, And you see and hear how this fellow Paul, has convinced and led astray large numbers of people here in Ephesus and in practically the whole province of Asia. He says that gods made by human hands are not gods at all. So that's amazing because these are the same people that have chosen Christ, but they fall away to other gods. And so even now, when you go around trying to preach righteousness and holiness and rebuke the other church for what they are doing, the dressing, the immorality, the story of their lives, their worship experience, the nudity, the liberalism, bringing in uh, homosexuals, I mean doing the thing they are doing, the money industry, when you got rebuked that, They will say, no, you are misleading people. They might call you legalistic. They might even say you are claiming that they are worshipping the gods. But today we know they worship other gods. So why then do many people, Christians, choose against the narrow path? Number one, fear of loneliness. People fear to be lonely. If there is any generation that fears to be lonely, It is this generation here. Oh, I just want to be happy. I want to be happy all the time. Happy. I want to be happy. My pastor makes me happy. Makes me feel happy. If you are a pastor that makes them feel happy, then there is something, a problem there. There is something, an absolute problem there. Because you can never make this generation happy when you preach, owing to the state of sin that... All the time ensnares them, assaults them, colludes their Christian lives. You would have to rebuke sin if you love them. Fear of loneliness. Today the churches even have built unto them units of psychology and psychiatry to do counseling, to you know, bring comfort and joy to people, and forgetting, almost forgetting the role of the Holy Spirit and the healing power of the Lord out of this whole thing of people fearing loneliness. People fear to take the narrow road for the fear of loneliness. And yet, as much as we know, as they walk this way, they get into the greater company than ever achievable. The book of Psalm 34, verse 18 Again, Psalm thirty four eighteen speaks it all. When they thought it's a lonely path, then you run into Psalm thirty four eighteen. The Lord is close to the brokenhearted and saves those who are crushed in spirit. So whatever the manifestation of your life when you walk the narrow way, it may be a lonely life as the world may perceive it. But let me tell you, there is greater joy and company here. And there is no better example than he that speaks with you, that when the Lord sent me, I decided to walk alone because of his instruction. He instructed me to walk alone. He said, do not convert into them. Let them convert into you. And you see what happens out there, and you see that I continued at some papers in this country wrote on me, they said, a lone ranger. He's a lone ranger. He's operating alone. I said, no, they are very mistaken. Because I'm operating with the Lord, the greatest company, more than 7 billion people. And then when the cloud of God descended, then they understood that He wasn't alone. He had the greatest company of all companies. So let nobody lie to you that walking the narrow road would breed loneliness in your life. In fact, there is so much joy, so much high, and so much company from the Lord himself on that road. The other fear they have is that looking abnormal, that when I wear the long skirt, the long jacket, I'll look strange, I'll look abnormal. I just want to be normal, whatever their version of normal is. Beloved people, I encourage you people, all those tuned in and listening globally to walk the narrow road so that you may see the glorious kingdom of the Messiah. When the Lord sent me to prepare the church for the coming of the Messiah, He essentially sent me to tell the church to get back to the narrow road that leads to the kingdom of the Messiah. And those who want to receive the Lord, please repeat after me. Say, Dear Lord Jesus, tonight I surrender my entire life to you. And I acknowledge my shortcomings. I acknowledge my sin. And acknowledge my disobedience. Today, I return to you. Precious Jesus, I ask you to forgive my sin. Please help me and come into my life. I receive you today as my Lord. And my Savior. And I ask you, precious Lord Jesus, to establish your righteous word in my life, in my heart, and fill me with the Holy Spirit. Today, I have turned away from the world and sin and deliberately chosen you as my Lord and Savior. Please help me, Lord. And in the mighty name of Jesus, tonight I am born again. Shalom, may the Lord bless you. The Messiah is coming. Always walk the narrow way.